Skies of blue and clouds of white The bright blessed day KBCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California. The views on this show are not necessarily the views of KUCI, UCI, or its border regents. To learn more about this program or other programs on KUCI, log on to KUCI.org. My name is Ann. You're listening to Operation Community Stimulus. Please feel free to contact me directly through my website at OperationCommunityStimulus.com. We're going to be sharing some information with the listeners today from Ken Yoshino, who is who is with ACIC Physical Therapy. Thank you, Ken. <laughs> I'm glad to be here. Well, we have a couple of real interesting topics that we want to cover today, and I want to start off with this Kevin Armstrong Memorial Sports Foundation, which is one of my favorite interviews that I've done in the past year, thanks to you. And I'd like for you to bring our listeners up to where, you know, anything exciting that's been going on with the foundation. I was very fortunate to, uh, to be able to travel to New York City and when I spoke at the Princeton Club. Uh, every year they have a, a senior dinner for all the senior football players from Princeton's football team. At, and at this year, uh, the dinner was held at the Princeton Club. The dinner has been uh, renamed the Kevin Armstrong Memorial Dinner for the senior, uh, seniors. Uh, it's quite interesting to note that uh, out of this uh, group of young gentlemen, you know, there have been great leaders that have come about in our country, uh, leaders of industry, uh, medical doctors, professionals. Uh, it's quite a unique group to talk to. And, uh, it, but it was really uh, invigorating to know that, the, that Kevin Armstrong was so well thought of in Princeton that they have named the, the, the senior dinner after him. Now, see, uh, Kevin Armstrong was then able, well, he, had, he was the team, team physician for, uh, for sports and, and head of orthopedics at UCI Medical School for a number of years. And uh, when he passed away suddenly, that left a huge void in the community because he was essential and, and instrumental in, in uh, gathering the, the professionals in our area to provide uh, free medical care to the low-income students in Santa Ana. And uh, he also was able to uh, per, uh, per, uh, gather the team physicians for Santa Ana School District and other low-income areas, as well as athletic trainers. So uh, a lot of our sports medicine that we have in the Orange County area is because of uh, Dr. Armstrong. Now this coming Monday, uh, we'll be having the Kevin Armstrong Memorial Sports Foundation Golf Tournament at Miles Square Park in Fountain Valley. And at that golf tournament there, that is the, the foundation's major fundraiser. And for all those who love to golf, come on out. Now, uh, we have a very reasonable entry fee of 125 per person. And uh, that money will go, will go to a great cause of, of helping uh, support the programs for the lower income kids. Um, and youth in, well, kids are youth, uh, youth in the Santa Ana School District. You know, it's been amazing. Could you share with our listeners a little bit about how the Kevin Armstrong, maybe a little bit of history, um, you know, the, the creation, you know, and everything with the whole program? Well, Kevin Armstrong um, is really one, uh, pretty unusual. He started uh, his uh, 
junior high school, intermediate school, as you would call it today, uh, in Santa Ana. Came to uh, Irvine and uh, attended Woodbridge High School, was in the first graduating class out of Woodbridge High School. He was the captain of the football team and captain of the track team. He went to Princeton and, uh, went as, and became the uh, captain of the football team at Princeton. Then from Princeton he went to uh, UCLA, went through UCLA Medical School, and then went, uh, went to Freddie Foo's uh, Sports Medicine Fellowship Program in Pittsburgh. He was kind of unique because at that particular time, in, in 1980, Irvine uh, was not as diverse a community as it is today. So he was one of three uh, Afro-American Afro -American, uh, kids on campus, and, uh, and he accomplished not only his accomplishments in sports, but he's also valedictorian of his class. Hmm. He today is still one of the, the gold standards for, uh, for students uh, coming out of Woodbridge High School. And I would venture to say out of Orange County, period. Uh, he set an example and was a, a role model for all students. And, uh, and we try to emulate uh, what, he's, what he has tried to accomplish here in our community. <clears throat> How did you meet Kevin Armstrong? I was fortunate that uh, I provided the sports medicine care for uh, Woodbridge High School at that time. And he, uh, I met uh, Kevin because he got injured. Mm -hmm. And uh, no, uh, that's how I meet most of my, uh, my athletes is uh, <laughs> they get injured. Okay. My son was one of them. <laughs> Woodbridge too, so I, I totally get it. Um, if anybody had any information on, on how to get involved with the Kevin Armstrong Foundation, I mean, what's the best way to contact somebody with the organization? The easiest way is to go on our website. That's all you have to do is uh, uh, Google or, or put in the Kevin Armstrong Memorial Sports Foundation. Go to our website. Uh, there, uh, there is a uh, there's uh, the phone numbers and as well as uh, email addresses that you can contact uh, the individual people uh, and board members from. from. <clears throat> And I understand that you guys, uh, that the Kevin Armstrong Foundation is very active in um, medical checkups. Is that what is that was that one of the things that you guys do? Yes, uh, and for the low-income uh, athletes in uh, in the Santa Ana School District, uh, the Kevin Armstrong uh, initially was uh, instrumental in providing ca cardiac screening uh, for the, for the for the incoming students, and that uh, was. Something that has now become pretty standard uh, in terms of, of providing care at the different uh, physicals that are offered throughout the, the different high schools in, in Orange County. Uh, cardiac screening uh, obviously has become very important because of the emphasis on uh, head injuries, uh, concussions, and, uh, and more importantly, sudden cardiac death. Well, there's definitely a program, I mean, that's, that's very well uh, needed, and that's nice to know because there's, every year there's an athlete that is, um, kind of falls through the cracks, isn't it? Um, the, could you share with us a little bit about what ADF, uh, the Irvine, for the Irvine School District, a little information on that program? Well, the automatic heart defibrillators uh, were being introduced into this, to different school districts a number of years ago. And a number of school districts uh, had a lot of questions about bringing them into the district. Uh, obviously, liability questions. Uh, 
Irvine uh, Unified School District, along with, uh, at that time, Dr. Diane Schmelzer, uh, who was superintendent of secondary education, and myself, we were able to uh, procure and, and, and develop the policy and procedures for uh, Irvine Unified School District to bring in automatic heart defibrillators for the athletic population. I'm glad to see now that uh, that, has that has expanded and that the automatic heart defibrillators are brought in for, uh, for middle schools as well as uh, the general school population. Uh, Santa Ana Unified School District, the Kevin Armstrong um, uh, Foundation was able to help provide uh, automatic heart defibrillators to, to the Santa Ana Unified School District. So this is a this is equipment that monitors the hearts for these guys. Not no, not really. It monitors the heart, but what a, what the the importance of the automatic heart defibrillators. If the heart stops, it will it will then allow you to uh, develop to deliver a electrical shock to restart the heart and prevent death. Oh, how interesting, how interesting. What's the, the long response time for, for the first responders? Is well, this all came about for uh, uh, the need for AEDs on our, on our sports teams because uh, as we now know, especially through the, the, the information from the Los Angeles uh, city, that the response times by the first responders have been increased in the, uh, over a period of time, mainly due to budget cuts. And uh, so, the, so your paramedics uh, are not getting uh, to, to, the, uh, to a downed athlete or to a person with sudden cardiac uh, death symptoms. They're not getting to them uh, within the critical period of time, mm -hmm. okay, which is three minutes. Hmm. So uh, the, those response times are now uh, on average you know, close to seven minutes, you know, and that's, the, that's well beyond the critical uh, response time. Well, that's very interesting. I mean, as a parent, you want to know that the kids, have, if they're out on that field or out on the basketball court, which I'm assuming this covers all athletes. Is, Correct. Yeah, yeah, so it's, that's nice to know. So this is equipment that's left at the school. Is that, is that how this works? That's correct. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's, it's about the size of a, of a handbag. And uh, no, uh, they're they're checked and, and calibrated you know, monthly at uh, at the schools hmm. uh, by the person in charge, and uh, they you know, they have a lifespan on a battery of about five years. You know, batteries have to be changed after five years. So there's all of the technical things that have to be done to maintain the ADs, but the AD itself uh, is really. Um, pretty friendly in the sense that it, it talks you through each step so you really don't have to uh, to uh, try to make uh, any clinical decisions uh, just follow the uh, the the steps and the regular lay person go, can go ahead and apply an AED and they can apply the, the defibrillating shock sounds almost like the things on our airplane that come down that or mask that they train us on to me <laughs> well you know, it's, it's quite interesting mm -hmm. because um, where is the number one or the best place to have a heart attack? No place. <laughs> no, 
obviously no place, but no, in reality, you're going to have, yeah, no, yeah, there yeah. are heart attacks. Mm -hmm. The best place to have a heart attack is on an airplane because they have the trained people and they, and they have AEDs right on the plane. Is that what those are on the airplane? No, they're, they're air, they're, you get the oxygen mask, but they also have the, the defibrillators there and they're, and they're trained. So that's one of the, wow. the best places to have a heart attack. Hmm, interesting. What about some catastrophic injury management? Could you share a little bit about that with the listeners? There are a number, well, let me back up a little bit. The athletic trainers, certified athletic trainers, uh, of, of which I am one of them, mm -hmm. uh, we were talking in, in the office one day about what athletic trainers can do and, and what we're trained to do. And all of the athletic trainers says, I can do this, I can do this, I, and I can do this. And the question came up about, I asked, well, can you show me? Can you prove it? Mm -hmm. Can you show me you know what, uh, what to do? Because you know what to do, but can you do what you know what you do? Big difference. <laughs> And, and um, so we held a catastrophic energy men's program here in, uh, in the Irvine Unified School District and we invited several other school districts to, to participate a number of years ago. Out of that, we had 13 schools uh, participate, one, one passed. And we used the, uh, the, that um, marker of three minutes of being able to manage an, uh, an injury uh, to, pro to provide uh, the AED, electrical defibrillation shock, uh, within three minutes. And there's only one school that was able to, uh, to do that with their emergency response team. And uh, it sounds pretty easy, but it, it, when you're under a lot of stress and a lot of pressure, and you have to remove the face mask, and you have to stabilize the neck for a neck fracture, uh, or stabilize the spine for a, for a fracture, uh, you don't, and, and you obviously don't want to cause paralysis and, and rolling uh, and, and, uh, the athlete over, uh, you have to follow all of the standards that are, that are provided by the National Athletic uh, Training Association, American Physical Therapy Association, American Medical Association. All these standards have, uh, have got to be followed in, in order to uh, provide this uh, critical decision, uh, critical clinical decision-making skills. And uh, again, we only had one school pass. Hmm. The, the next year we did it, we had uh, approximately uh, 30 schools participate. We expanded the program and two schools passed. And the, and the third year we did it, uh, we had over 30 schools participate. And out of, that, out of the 30 schools, probably 13, 14 passed. Uh, and that's because the schools that participated the first two years knew, how, knew what to look for, knew what to do. So they had a, a learning curve that they were able to do. Well, the question came up, what about schools who don't have that learning curve, and who don't know the, how to do that? So uh, no, uh, we have now expanded the catastrophic injury management pr uh, practicum and seminar uh, to all of the schools and, uh, and we're going uh, not only statewide but we're going to go nationwide with the program because it's, uh, it's quite compelling because we've got to have confidence in our emergency response team mm -hmm. and we've got to know that, that when our athlete goes down or your son or daughter goes down that that emergency response team will get to them in the, in, in, within that critical period of time and be able to apply life-saving measures. And, uh, and if they're not able to do that, then, they, then, then we've got to figure out and find out and problem solve why they're not able to do that. Is it equipment? Is it training? Is it lack of knowledge? Uh, no, uh, is there not a formal res uh, emergency response pr uh, plan that they have? Uh, 
we've got to identify the, the, these problems. And uh, we are finding out with uh, quite in, with, with interest that the, the number of uh, schools and school districts that do not have a, uh, a formal response plan for a downed athlete. Hmm. I'm surprised. I mean, I would think that would be mandatory if they're going to have a sports team that they have something to back it up. They do have... Uh, Excellent people on, on, on staff mm -hmm. who, are, who are quite knowledgeable. The, the question is, can they take that knowledge and apply it? Now, uh, that, is, that has always been a good question. Uh, we're finding that they have the knowledge, uh, they, uh, they have the training, but in a, in a stress situation, sometimes it doesn't come through. Right. Okay, right. so we've got to make sure it comes through at that time. And, uh, no, but the entire emergency response plan has got to be implemented uh, when, when, when a downed athlete uh, occurs. Uh, somebody's got to be responsible for calling 911. Somebody's got to be responsible for opening the gate so the paramedics can get in. You know, uh, we had one, uh, one incident that we were told about where the paramedics were locked out. They couldn't get in. And because the, uh, per, they didn't have a person designated to unlock the gate. Uh, these are all th uh, little things that we have to look at. And I think sharing those best practices with one another is, is a good thing. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, we found that for our heat illnesses, many, many schools do not have the gold standard of a kiddie pool or a pool to immerse uh, the, the athlete that ha that's going through having a heat stroke. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they, they'll dump water on them or they'll try to rub ice on them. But uh, the gold standard really is, is, is having a kiddie pool. So the number of the schools that we've that have gone through our, our, our program have now procured a, a, a kiddie pool to immerse the, the athlete in. You cannot apply an AED with them in the pool. Mm. Now, electricity and water don't mix, okay? <laughs> uh, but yeah, at least you can uh, decrease their temperature. And you know the old saying, you know better, you do better. <laughs> oh, absolutely. What about uh, some accessibility for physical therapy for the public? What's your what's your thought on that? Well, accessibility <clears throat> to the public is uh, is imperative, I think, for uh, for uh, two things. Uh, one, number one, is is that uh, the care and, uh, and protection for the athlete to get uh, uh, professional care for for any their physical therapy needs. Um, when you receive physical therapy in a, in, a, in a private physical therapy office, you know that you're getting it from a licensed uh, physical therapist uh, by the state of California. Or in any state that you go to, uh, physical therapy can only, be, only can be provided by a physical therapist. And uh, in uh, California, uh, they're, going, they're trying to go one step further and allowing direct access so patients can come directly to the physical therapist. Uh, and the physical therapist, who nowadays by, uh, only, they, they have uh, elevated to a doctorate level. So many, uh, many of your physical therapists are doctors of physical therapy. Uh, and they all are licensed in the state of California to practice physical therapy. So the safety of the public is, is better insured uh, by this. Also cost. Now uh, the cost uh, will, will be better uh, maintained and it's not as expensive to the public or to the person who's phys uh, seeking physical therapy because they don't have to go through the whole medical uh, referral system and, and, and increase their cost to that uh, for, uh, to ultimately get treated for their, for their uh, hamstring strain. 
So that, that that's kind of important. Uh, the downside is that they have introduced a bill called SB 924, uh, which will allow physicians, chiropractors, podiatrists, osteopaths to own physical therapy. And the downside of that is that it will increase the cost of the patient because uh, they'll be seeing their, their physician who's going to refer them to their self uh, their, through their own practice. So anytime you're in a self-referral uh, position, the the physician or the chiropractor or the or podiatrist, you know, it's like putting the fox in the chicken coop. They're going to be able to go in there and you can't tell the fox not to do this. Uh, uh, the studies from Florida and out of state uh, throughout the country have been independent studies have shown there's been up, upwards to almost a 40% increase in referrals by physicians uh, to their own, uh, own businesses that they own. I would think the insurance company would frown on, on sending something that if you had any kind of a conflict with, you know, would think makes sense to me. I would, I would think that, that they would, but it has it, really surprised me that they do not uh, uh, really have any position against uh, any of these things that would drive up costs. Uh, I think the, that's one, one thing that we all should be a little bit upset about is because the increased health care costs uh, equates out to increased premium costs for insurance uh, premiums. Mm -hmm. And uh, I thought there would be more outrage on doctors or ownership. And that was uh, uh, the case back in the back while when it's, uh, Pete Stark uh, introduced the Stark Bill. And the Stark Bill prevented physicians uh, from owning uh, laboratories, x-rays, uh, MRIs, outpatient surgery centers, and physical therapy. And the cost of medicine did go down and was controlled a lot better at that time. Um, however, uh, things have changed. The economy has changed. Uh, uh, no, the physicians have been absolutely decimated in, in how they are able to make a living. So they need a, a, to find another revenue source. That's quite frankly the way the way uh, hmm. I view it, and a number of my uh, associates uh, uh, view it, hmm. and my colleagues are no uh, are, are getting really a very a very difficult time surviving in these uh, in these uh, physician-owned physical therapy uh, areas because as as right now currently physical therapists rely on phys uh, on physician referrals. Is this a bill that's being passed nationwide or California? No, this is just California. Mm -hmm, okay, mm -hmm. uh, California is, is a little bit uh, harder to uh, practice physical therapy in than, let's say, Hawaii or Arizona. Mm -hmm. Hawaii, they have full and restricted uh, direct access for their people in Hawaii, uh, and Arizona, they have a direct access in Arizona without those these limitations. No, I find it kind of, I mean, that's the way I would look at it. If I was an insurance company and, and they're trying to get people to keep the insurance down, who who's behind, you know? We can't do things, in, you know, for jobs and whatnot that are a conflict of, uh, of interest, and I would think that would be considered one. And I fully agree with you. It is a conflict of interest. Anytime you do self-referral, it's a conflict of interest. And, uh, no, uh, people uh, rely or have always felt that the, that the medical industry uh, was uh, had great ethics in it and uh, and, and great self restraint and the studies have shown that's not true. Mm -hmm. Okay. No, I think the medical industry of all of the industries out there really should be held the most accountability because it's our lives that you know. Oh, absolutely, mm -hmm. and uh, that's why this is this is this. 
particular question right here to me is is a very important question because it does deal with your lives and your health and mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that's that's very very uh, important and um, if you remove conflict of interest uh, out of there then uh, then I think everybody prospers a little bit better and then uh, health flourishes better and Ken, could you share a little bit of, of uh, background about you, where you went to school, and, and you know things for listeners as well? Sure. I, uh, I did my undergraduate in physical therapy at California State University at Long Beach, uh, which, by the way, will be pro, uh, pro, providing the first doctor of physical therapy uh, this coming year. Uh, this, uh, that law was passed last year by the state legislature, which allowed uh, California State Universities to offer a doctorate. And uh, so there, uh, California, uh, Long Beach, Cal State Long Beach, Northridge, they'll be offering the doctor for the first time the, this coming year mm-hmm. for their physical therapy course uh, classes. Then after my, uh, then after doing my undergraduate at Long Beach State, I did my doctor of physical therapy at Boston University. Wow, wow. What about your uh, practice? How long have you, you have more than one location, I understand? Uh, there are four ACIC uh, locations. Uh, we uh, we started off in 1978, uh, and, and we really filled a, a void on on uh, sports medicine care. Uh, I'm a, uh, not only a doctor of physical therapy, but I'm also a certified athletic trainer. As are my associates in my in the other offices. Charlie Farnbach is a, a physical therapist, athletic certified athletic trainer. Brett Eric is a physical therapist, certified athletic trainer. You know, uh, we uh, we started in 1980 and. Uh, at uh, one time, we were up, we were you know, managing probably 14 high schools in, uh, in their sports medicine care, providing uh, not only the athletic training services, physical therapy services, but we also help procure the medical physicians uh, to become team physicians. If, say, one of the listeners wanted to reach out to uh, find out information, do you have websites, phone, or what's the best contact? Uh, they can uh, go to our website, acicpt.com, mm-hmm. uh, and they can uh, also call here at the office at 949-754-1344, and we'll be happy to, uh, to answer any of your questions. And your office here, I must add, is right in a great area here for two hospitals. That's correct. <laughs> We're, 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 we are actually uh, in, the, in the medical building that is uh, connected to the Hogue Irvine Hospital. And uh, you can walk right through the cor- uh, walkway right over to the, the Hogue Irvine Orthopedic Institute uh, and, and Surgery Center. And the same building ha- has the general uh, hospitals, uh, uh, hospital care. Well, I'm real impressed with the location. I used to go to one of the upper floors for my son's football injuries, which then they sent us to you, so I'm kind of familiar with the system. So I really want to thank you so much for sharing this great information today. Well, thank you for having me. Well, and you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California. The views on this show are not necessarily the views of KUCI, UCI, or its Board of Regents. To learn more about our programs, log on to KUCI.org. Uh, you can locate me on, through my website, which is OperationCommunityStimulus.com, for any information as well. Thanks again. I see trees 